Please do be seated as we pray. Eternal God, who made this most holy night to shine with the brightness of your one true light, bring us, who have known the revelation of that light on earth, to see the radiance of your heavenly glory. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. first reading is from the prophecy of Isaiah, chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, page 693. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. And the second reading is from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 to 13, page 1063. In the beginning was the Word... And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, 
but born of God. This is the word of God. O holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of the dear Saviour's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the spirit felt its worth. A thrill of hope the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees. O hear the angel voices. O night divine, the night when Christ was born. O night, O holy night, O night divine. In 1847, a little-known parish priest in the south of France wanted something to commemorate Christmas Eve, this same night, midnight mass. And he could have asked anybody in his congregation to come up with something. But he asked a local poet and a wine connoisseur and a man who was a socialist to come up with a poem. And uh, the man whose name was uh, Placide Capot Well, he was really honoured to be asked, but um, he was also really nervous because he wasn't a churchgoer, he wasn't a religious person at all. But he wanted to do it to honour the people of his village. And so he, on one long and dusty journey from his little village to Paris, uh, he started by reading the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, the story of the Christmas story. And as he read it, he became more and more submerged in the story. And instead of just being someone who was reading a story, he started to become an onlooker. He started to become a participant in the story until the point where he imagined himself actually in Bethlehem on that night. And by the end of that journey, he had written this poem called Cantique de Noël, which we've translated into English as O Holy Night." the words I read them there. But when he reached that point of of writing this poem and he was so pleased with it, he recognised it wasn't a poem, but it should be a song. So he approached a very famous friend of his who was a well-known musician and composer who went to the French Conservatoire, Conservatoire, whose name was Adolphe Charles Adams, and he asked him whether he would put a melody to the poem he had written. And he did that. And three weeks later, this song was performed for the first time in that little midnight mass in this little French village. And immediately the song became really popular within the French Catholic Church. And it's got an amazing history. I haven't got time to say it all, but for 20 years it was banned by the French Church because they found out that the man who wrote it was a socialist. And then it was used in the, it was translated into English and it was used in the abolition movement in the States as a, as a song of encouragement and also protest. But what struck with me and stayed with me um, was that this man, this poet, found something by journeying into the Christmas story, by imagining himself there. And it's kind of though God invited him to join in the story. 
And just like, just like him, um, we are invited to come as insiders, full of wonder and awe, not just to hear about a story that we all know so well, but to actually come as observers and then as worshippers to enter into this Christmas story, which this song says so eloquently, so beautifully, O holy night, O divine night. And it's easy to imagine that, isn't it, on this, on this night surrounded by candles the day before Christmas, what the mystery was of God sending his son, his one and only son in human likeness, how magical that must have been. God loves to draw people into his story, not just religious people, not just people who've made a career out of looking out to God, but ordinary people. The people in his story were a carpenter, astrologers, shepherds, fishermen, tax collectors. Later on, there was a prostitute. There were ordinary, ordinary people that were drawn not just into the Christmas story, but drawn into life with God. And he draws us into that same thing. And all he requires of us, or maybe the most important thing that he requires of us, is that we come to him exactly as we are. We don't need to put on any masks. We don't need to pretend that we're holy. We don't need to be anything other than what we already are. But able to come to God, warts and all, and be accepted by him because he is a loving father. So I wonder what drew you, I wonder what drew us here tonight. For some of us, it may be a tradition that we come to church on, on Christmas Eve. For others of us, it might be a place of, of quietness and rest and peace before the, the busyness and mayhem of tomorrow, Christmas Day, of all the presents, of all the food and all the laughter and joy. Or it might be that you come here because Christmas is a place where it's associated with some painful memories because we remember the people who aren't with us anymore and the things that we might have lost. And so we come to receive comfort from the familiarity. Whatever our reason, God is a God who delights to draw near to us as we draw near to him. And he invites us in this moment tonight to encounter him. It might be for the first time, it might be for many, many times that you've met him. But to encounter him in the stillness of this moment, in the otherness of God, in the holiness, and in the stillness. May this day this place, this holy night, mark a new beginning of joy and life and hope for all of us. We're just going to listen quietly before we go to the next hymn. Just a few verses of that, that song, O Holy Night.
One of the amazing uh, parts of the Christmas story is how uh, every scene seems to be surrounded by God's heavenly hosts, uh, declaring the good news of the baby being born in Bethlehem and sharing that good news of that holy night uh, with those around them. Uh, And that's what this next uh, carol is about, and declaring and joining with those angels as we sing uh, glory to God uh, with angels from the realms of glory. Let's stand together to sing. (laughs) 